Are you ready? It's time. For the Beast Cast. Hello. Welcome to the Beast Cast. Episode number 25. Oh my god, we hit it. We hit 25 Woo. episodes. I never thought we would be able to do it. Oh, I'm turning my microphone down a little bit because it's peaking just a tiny bit. So, yeah, welcome to the BeastCast, um, episode 25. So, <clears throat> I don't know really what to uh, title this episode because so much has happened, um, officially happened, and just things that have happened in our lives and stuff like that. If you hear, my, if you hear a difference in my microphone or you hear a little chair squeaking or anything like that, it's because I am currently in the Kilt Studio, which is our radio studio that we have here at the college that I currently go to, which is the also the sponsor of our uh, podcast. And so I'm using the um, studio not only because I wanted to try it out and try the microphone and try all that cool stuff, but also because my roommate is having a Hanchu Hanchu moment. He's sleeping in today because it's you know you know what it's saturday and you know it's midterms for us so he deserves it he deserves it stall them logs boy <laughs> he deserves it any hue um so <clears throat> oops I, what the heck was that no, I don't want that. Okay, I don't know what the heck that was about. Um, okay, anywho, so we have a lot to talk about, um, so much in so little time, and this isn't necessarily meaning that we can't discuss all of it over our hour and 40, 45-minute podcast. However, I'm just meaning in such a little amount of time has so much happened. So <clears throat> the first big thing that happened um, over the course of the week while we were here <clears throat> Well, something to do... First off, it was a beautiful morning today. Raven, how was the morning up in Minnesota there? It was beautiful. Nice and cool. Yes. Beautiful, clear sunset. I mean, sunrise. <laughs> it was It was a beautiful morning here. Um, it was just nice and cool. It was like... And this is apparently how it is down in Arkansas. It's about October, November. It's always around like this high 50s low 60s just beautiful sun's always shining feels like 65 66 it's just perfect man it's just great weather it's like the weather that you would want year round you know dude i love 60 degree weather wish it would stay forever i know cal dude san francisco man it's the only place pretty much you can get 60 degree weather all year yeah i'm not going there. <laughs> yeah until your car gets broken into <laughs> <laughs> car dude it, it's the car uh, it's a breaking capital of the world for vehicles um actually funny enough it's not they actually have a really low break-in rate for actual housing and like in like property but there's a high like uh like theft problem in san francisco so much in fact that the city of san francisco actually tells you if you're traveling there or you live there to just keep your car unlocked because they're going to get in either way. So instead of having to pay for a shattered window, you might as well just keep your car unlocked. That way they can just get in because they're going to get in regardless. <clears throat> Some people even leave their trunks <laughs> and stuff open and like their hoods open. So people can just see there's nothing in it. So they don't like break into their car and then have to, you know, pay for the damage, you know, it's kind of crazy. Not to mention the Hills, man. Oof. Yeah. The big up and down Hills. I, I really don't. <laughs> LA That's why the cars too. also just break down. 
LA has that too. Have you ever seen that video of that of that that car meetup in LA and they like the Tesla like flies down the freaking hill like all the way down. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and then they're like, I was just sitting in my house and all of a sudden I hear and he's like, I looked and all of a sudden I see a freaking Tesla sp- sparking down the road. <laughs> Blew off all of its tires and stuff like, geez, man. That's what they mean by solar powered. <laughs> I'm Marty McFly Williams. And what am I about to do? I'm about to bomb this master hill. Oh, I miss Vine, dude. I miss Vine so badly. Me too. I miss Vine. Elon didn't bring it back. He lied to us. What a loser. Speaking of Elon, um, this is just an ongoing story, so we're not going to discuss it much. But Elon is in some controversy about supposedly f- some bodies being found at one of his old um, uh, residencies. Uh, this is still an ongoing story, so we're not going to cover it as much as we will anything. But I just figured it would be interesting to talk about since we just brought up Mr. Musk. So just know that there is a chance that Mr. Musk is possibly like a horrible person. I mean, we already kind of knew he was a bad person, but he- he even worse than he was before. Bro, have you seen his mom? <laughs> no, I actually have not. I, I, looking at her and the stuff she's done, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if the dude was raised a cannibal. Like, holy <laughs> hell. Oh, cannibal lector, dude. Anyways, so here's, here's the deal. Something big happened over the week, um, and it involves Minnesota. So... I know this doesn't pertain to Raven that much, but I think this is something that should be talked about just because of how big of a news it is for us being Minnesotans. The Minnesota Twins swept the Toronto Blue Jays in the wild card round of the postseason of the Major League Baseball. Now, to everybody who doesn't listen to sports or know about sports like Raven and other people, you may you may be saying, "Well, what the fuck is that?" You know, like what what even what is, is that? that? Yeah. So so the wild card round is the first round of the playoffs of of baseball after the regular season. You know, there's the playoffs, and then there's you know, oh my god, the World Series. You know that. Anyways, oh I forgot to silence my phone. Oh my god, I'm so unprofessional. Anyways, so <clears throat> the Minnesota Twins to put this into perspective. The reason why this is a big deal and why I'm even bringing it up is because the Minnesota Twins have won their first playoff game since 2004 and won their first wildcard round since 2002. To put that into perspective, let let me just put that into perspective for you. This is – somebody posted a video uh, of them in the crowd cheering as the Minnesota Twins shut out the the Blue Jays, okay? This was the first – ever uh playoff win by the minnesota twins that was recorded on a cell phone <laughs> really yeah there th- that's how long it's been since they've won uh, a playoff game <laughs> they it was literally like um the last somebody said the last time the minnesota twins like he was talking about it on uh like in a comment he said the last time they won a playoff game he was in third grade he is now 27 years old, is fully graduated from college, and has a job that pays him over $150,000 a year. <laughs> <laughs> a little self-plug for him, but I, I figured it was kind of funny. I, I Like, dude, it was so long ago that I wasn't even alive when the Twins won their last playoff game. <laughs> Bro, I was probably in, like, the third grade. Third, Yeah, third or fourth grade for you, probably. See, 2002. I was in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, so the Twins are kind of like an underdog right now. They're kind of they're they're gonna go to the divisional next week or this upcoming week, and so I just figured, you know, as Minnesotans, we we just want to rep our boys, you know, say woo, we're woo, doing stuff, woo. we're doing stuff. Okay, so moving on. Uh, so we, me and Raven later on, we're gonna be talking about a segment. This is gonna be a complete thirty minute segment, as you know, we segment our podcast into about thirty to thirty five minutes. It's kind of like a runtime for each segment. Um, our upcoming segment is a new thing we're going to be doing going forward. <clears throat> and right now I'm just going to call it taking it for the team. So uh, essentially, taking it for the team. essentially we're going to be both watching a movie and then um, we're going to be discussing that movie. Um, each of us will be watching a movie while whether it's in theaters or just something we watched or anything like that. So I didn't, I, I don't go to the movie theater every week. Like I used to, when it was super cheap to go to the movie theater. So, um, instead I will be talking about a movie that just came to, um, digital called the, the last voyage of the Demeter. Since I'm on this big Dracula phase right now, thanks to, um, school and Raven, what was the movie you were going to bring to the table? Uh, we'll discuss this later. Uh, of course, the nun too. So the nun too. Okay. Yeah, so so coming up, so don't worry, stay tuned. Coming up, we will have The Nun 2 being talked about and possibly shit on, and also The Last Voyage of the Demeter. So moving on <clears throat> to our general news segment that we always start out where we just talk about whatever the hell we want in our 100-minute yapping sesh, Toby Maguire will reportedly be a lead in Secret Wars. Raven, I need to know, what are your thoughts on this? What, do you, what does this mean? What does this mean? For Marvel. This means that Marvel is so desperate to get people who loved everything before Endgame and loved Spider-Man growing up that they're trying everything they can to bring them back. <laughs> Raven always giving the hard takes. I love it. No, I 100% agree. Here's the thing. I don't think Tobey Maguire would need to be in this movie um, for, for like, plot-wise. I mean, what plot-wise would make it so... He would be in this movie other than like as a lead. I mean, like it's one thing if he's cameoing in the movie, you know, like like the flash scene, you know, where we saw Nicolas Cage, you know, in the alternate universe, like something like that. That's that's different than being a lead in the movie. A lead means he's a main character. He's going to be a main character, probably with Tom Holland and probably Andrew Garfield. That means so I'm curious, like plot wise, how would you even do this? Like, why would you even do this? I mean, narratively like what narrative could you make you know that uh, uh toby mcguire's is the most superior spider-man you think they're gonna kill off tom holland and make spider-man 4 i hope so dude he's he's getting to the point where he's almost too old though him and leo you're never too old to swing from a web Ooh, Ooh i like that uh, I didn't. Did you know that uh, that him and Leonardo DiCaprio were friends, like grown up, like all throughout, like their early, like uh, when they first got to Hollywood, they were kind of like growing up together, like young actors. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, and that's actually how he even got the role in The Great Gatsby, uh, was because of Leo. Uh, that that answers the question be, that I've had because after Spider Man, all of a sudden there he is in The Great Gatsby, and I'm like, oh, what? Such a weird change. <laughs> Just seeing him in this high-class suit, 1930s. That movie's actually, surprisingly, very accurate to the novel, which is kind of strange. Because I know, it's strange to get that. Because, 
most times it's really hard just in general to get an accurate like uh, accuracy to the novel just because of time constraint. I mean, even if you take a a, a, a story that's 150 pages long, like let's say Dante's Inferno, which is a poem, by the way. Um, you take Dante's Inferno or you take any of the Divine Comedy, which are about 130, 150 pages long. You still can't make a full movie out of that, like accurate, like detail for detail. It would have to be like a six hour long movie. And The Great Gatsby, I think, is like what? Great Gatsby's got to be like almost 300 pages. It's been a while since I've read that. Um, it could it could have been easy to follow the book page for page, depending on the pacing of the story. That's if you true. have something, if you have something that goes from thing to thing with a lot of subplots, it can't be. But if you have the page, like there was a book I had read when I was growing up, where th the twenty pages I had read for a chapter, a big long twenty pages, was literally just two people talking between each other, and you could easily film that. That's true, and also The Great Gatsby is only two hundred and eight pages, and uh, around two hundred, uh, uh, early two hundred like counts, so like two hundred to two hundred twenty pages in most prints. So that makes sense. Uh, I mean, and yeah, that, that's the thing about The Great Gatsby is it's a lot of dialogue. I mean, out of that 208 mm -hmm. pages, let's just say rough 208, 210 pages, out of that rough 210 pages, almost 60% of the story is just straight character talking to another character, like nothing actually happening, you know, like, or, or something's happening, but like it's character dialogue straight dialogue like it's not like i walked into this and this was happening it, that happens a decent amount like when he gets to the parties and stuff like that but mainly it's just like oh sport you know what are you doing you know like stuff like that like it's just like <laughs> i can't do yeah. Le i can't do leo's voice but don't try again <laughs> don't try again Ugh. um like that was bad i am curious though we are we are only two weeks away from Leonardo DiCaprio's next big film, and it could possibly be movie of the year, The Killers of the yeah. Flower Moon. I am really excited for that story to be put. On I the am excited for it too. That movie is going to be good. Um, I wish they could let me buy freaking tickets now because I just want to get the ticket bought so I can use my. So Fandango, they have like a five dollar off thing whenever you watch, whenever you buy a ticket for a movie. They're like, oh, here's another $5 off so you can get another movie. And I actually, despite that being like, oh, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of sketchy because they're like, oh, just keep buying more movie tickets. However, you don't understand how beneficial that is for me. When I have to pay $16 for a movie ticket compared to paying $9 for a movie ticket at my old theater. And I think what were the tickets when we went to see Indiana Jones? They were only like 9 or 10 bucks, weren't they? No, when me and you went to go see it, our theater only charged us 5 Oh yeah, dude, it was cheap. Yeah, that theater's that theater's kind of sketch, dude. I'm gonna be honest. That theater's really sketch. Like, just like popcorn. Oh, what do I owe you? Uh, f six bucks. Like, like you don't got a you don't got a cash register or like a. a <laughs> nope. There's no taxes or anything. It's yeah, no taxes. Five, six bucks. It's just a straight six. I was like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> cash only, no cards. <laughs> cash only i was actually surprised i could even buy movie tickets online because i was like whoa <laughs> what and then they you're were gonna just gonna come in and you're gonna experience this theater you're gonna experience it with cash boy it's like actually a 1940s theater dude dude honestly if i could okay let's say hypothetically i could only travel back in time 
for like two days. All I would need is 48 hours. I wouldn't even go back to see if, you know, Jesus was real. I wouldn't go back to see if the Big Bang was real because, well, I'd die. Um, if that's true, I'd be in just space. Just, you know, just fucking my brain blows up. But um, I wouldn't try to see any of that, okay? I would go back to the 1960s and I would experience a 1960s movie theater. Like, early 1960s, before Vietnam. Like, I'm talking, like, seeing Spaghetti Western when color is just starting to become very prevalent in most movies. And I would I would go see, like, a, a movie in one of those old theaters where popcorn is really buttered up, you know, with the nasty, really fatty butter. And, like, it's like all the lights are there and, and oh, it's all that premiered. Sounds oh, so good. I, I would do that. I would do that. I would pick that over over seeing any any anything in history. Even though I'm a history buff. Now if I had a time machine, it'd be a lot different. I would it wouldn't be my first category because I'd be like, oh I could always come back there. You know, my first thing if I had a time machine where if I didn't just get to pick one time period would absolutely I would do I would be I wouldn't even go to the future. That's the thing. I'm I'm one of those people that the future is best to not be messed with because if you go to the future, you're ruining the past. So if I mean you can do the same thing backwards with if you go to the past, you're ruining the future. But in a way, you kind of don't because technically the way time works. I mean, it, yeah, the butterfly effect supposedly exists, but it just kind of technically just timelines. I mean, if you do go to the future, it's going to create a timeline in the past that is going to be completely different than yours. But I mean, as long as you don't mess with anything in the past, there's just bound to be no way that the future can be any different. You know, like if nobody knows you're in the past, it can't be any different. You know. It's just not possible. If I had a time machine and I could only use it for 48 hours, I would go back and basically write down what stocks I want to invest in. Ooh, that's huge. Oh, dude, yeah. Go back to like 1980, like 5, 1986, mm -hmm. and invest like a shit ton of money into Microsoft or Apple. Actually, Microsoft yep. would be too late at that point because that would Mac uh, Mac OS number one or not Mac OS sorry, Macintosh. Wait, no, what? Um, Apple was eighty five, right? God dang it, I can't remember. Yeah, Apple was eighty five. Microsoft didn't come till later. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I'd invest. Because I mean, here's what I would do, because it would be a little sketchy. What I would do is I'd hire a lawyer. Basically, just give them the full story on what's going on. Literally, I'm a time traveler. And I would put in, I would get, use his help to get a brokerage account that would be already investing in these companies the moment they pop up. And then at a certain time would transfer it over to me when I'm born in 1994. And when I grow up, he comes to me and tells me that I, I have this account and I cash it all out and live a rich life. That oh sorry I moved, I I hit my mic. Well, that, I come back to the future and cash it out. No no I was gonna say like instead of like inheriting it, just like here's what you do right. You go back in time, and you set it up a bank account under the name under your name okay so under your name because think about it if you set it up um as a bank and you and you put in all that money you know technically you know you're supposedly changing the past but not really because you know think about it those people who ran the bank in the 1980s under your bank account with all that money sitting in there, when you come back in the in the 2020s or even the 2010s, you're going to technically still be alive. I mean, just by, by you know, time-wise, you know, you'd be in your 60s. Nobody's going to think yeah. of it if you walk in there, especially since they're not the same people who cashed in at the time. 
you know, they're, they're going to, you're just going to be like, oh, that was my dad, you know, if they ask you any questions at all. But mostly you should just be able to take that money just straight out. I mean, as long was, as you know, the I was using number. the lawyer thing. So oh, that yeah, when it comes I mean, to a certain time, it's like, hey, this person this the bank account would be already put into the my actual me so that when I come back from the past, I just go to the bank and cash it out as a trust account. I mean, yeah, that that's a good way I to give do it a, too. the lawyer a chunk of the money or or here's what you do. You let that money accumulate. And then in 2010, you know, um, you are or, or, or not 2010. Let's say it's just like a few years later. You take you time travel farther into the future just a little bit, but not all the way back to the present. Right. And you cash out a little bit. And you get gold. Or I was going to mean this like the other way, where if you go back in time and buy a shit ton of property with all the money that you have in today's money because, you know, inflation, go back in time, get buy like a property for like $20 when it's like worth like $4 million now. And then you fucking come back to the present and sell that shit. Oh, my God. Just could do that. Work, work smarter, not harder, dude. That'd be that'd be crazy. The only that would be crazy. The only time period I wouldn't go to, I think, in U.S. history would be the, like, 1850s to, like, in earlier. Up until, like, the 18th. Up until, like, the – like, I just wouldn't want to be in the U.S. at that time. I First off, it's too nomadic, too, too many vagabonds, like, too many, like, just people just roaming around, just shoot first, ask questions later type of people. You know, I, I wouldn't – no. But it's during the time of the first Terminator movie. Oh, dude. No. I don't know, man. Anywho. Yeah. No. I, I mean, dude, I think the 19s are like a 1930s movie premiere. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that would be amazing. I, uh, I'm, I'm, have you ever watched King Kong, the 1931? Uh, I've seen parts of it. No, I haven't watched it in full. It's a good movie. Uh, I like the 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 show like come one come all oh my god that'd be awesome to go watch in theater, like just like the theater itself because that movie was massive that was like the Wizard of Oz like everybody went and saw that movie. It was I kinda... would want to go see Laurel and Hardy live. Ooh, or yeah, like go see famous musicians that are dead. Like, oh my gosh, dude! Like Mozart or something. What if he's just actually like shit though? Like, what if he sucks? Because, like, we have such a high standard for his music, you know, from all these recordings of people doing it good. What if he just mm-hmm. wrote the music, but he just, like, sucked <laughs> at, at, like, performing it? He's just, he's just a dude playing around on a piano. <laughs> I would want to go see, like, the Beatles live. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> or, like, I don't know who else. Frank Sinatra would be cool to see live. Freddie Mercury you would be cool. You wouldn't want to go see Queen live at that that's, Afri- uh, I, I, that's what I was just about to Africa say. One. I was just about to say, dude, I would love to go see Freddie Mercury live. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Uh, have you ever did you watch Bohemian Rhapsody, the biopic? Yes. Yeah, I did. Did you know that Oppenheimer has officially passed it as the most successful biopic by uh movie sales, by like ticket sales? No, I did not. Good for Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> Oppenheimer has over a billion uh, gross domestic box office. A bill. A bill. But will anything ever beat Endgame? No. Not even Barbie, man. Wait, didn't Avatar 2 beat Endgame? No. 
It got close. Uh, it actually it didn't even beat the first Avatar. I think if I remember correctly. I think the I think it, it was like right around the first Avatar. Let's check. See, that's what Marvel is trying to strive for again with Secret oh, Wars. Oh, you know what? Maybe it did. Um, it it did get two point three billion, and then Avatar one box office was. Oh no, just under two point nine billion for Avatar's box office, and then Avatar two got two point three. Still a lot of money. So Still actually, a lot of money. Actually, End Endgame isn't the most. Uh, Endgame's two point seven nine, and Avatar's two point nine. So Avatar's still above it. Crazy. For Marvel, it's the most. Oh, and for that's Marvel, what they want. no, no, they're yeah. never, they're never gonna pass that. Even with Secret no. Wars, with even if, even if everybody stays hyped, like if the entire world stayed hyped for for Avengers Secret Wars and all that stuff, and when it comes out now, being pushed to twenty twenty eight, when it comes out in twenty twenty eight, it's maybe, I mean, maybe inflation would push it to about two point five, two point four, but I think in today's money, it'd probably be about two billion, one point nine billion. It's it might it, it's gonna make over a billion. I'll tell you that it will get over a billion. It's gonna be a blockbuster, but the it's thing coming is coming out in five years. <laughs> it's coming out in five years, like November of twenty twenty eight. Now, all the kids hyped up for it are gonna be too growing up and forgetting about it. No, all the kids are gonna be fucking. They're gonna be old enough to drive to the theater themselves. I remember here's the, here's a scary thing. So I remember going to see an Infinity War, um, and it was really weird, like just thinking about those memories of not being able to take myself to the movie theater, because I went for my friend's birthday. My friend Charlie, shout out to my boy Charlie. We might get him on the podcast at some point as a guest. He's a really cool dude. He's exactly like us. He's kind of like just rants. He kind of has very strong opinions. Um, <clears throat> anyways. He, his birthday, I remember, his mom took us to a pizza place, actually Jake's, where I ended up working at. He, She took us there and then took us to the movie. And I just remember, like, that was how I lived for so long. Like, if I wanted to go to a movie, I had to have somebody take me there. Like, I couldn't do all this stuff myself. Like, I almost forgot that at one point I was just a needy brat, you know? It's so weird. <laughs> you don't remember that? I do. <laughs> I I mean, I remember it, but it's just like I almost forget how it feels to be like that, where you're like dependent on so many people, you know? Like, I, yeah. I don't think I could ever be that dependent on people again, which is strange. But That's inspirational, man. I remember the first Marvel movie I saw. Um, I didn't see Iron Man in theaters because I was fucking three and a half years old. So, um, unfortunately, I did not. Um, <laughs> but the first Marvel I movie. Did. I, <laughs> I know you did, you fucking old bastard. Anyways, um, the first Marvel movie I saw in theaters was Civil War. Because before that, the movies I watched, I was never a big superhero guy. Like, the su when I thought of superheroes, I was like oh, those people are weird. I don't like those superhero fans. You know, they're nerds. Like, that was, like, how I was when I was younger. Meanwhile, I would sit and come home and, and analyze Call of Duty Zombies, fucking Apothecan scriptures, and try to learn the Apothecan language. Like, I wasn't a nerd myself. But anyways, so... <clears throat> nerd. I know, literally. Like, I was worse than them. So the first superhero movie I remember watching in theaters was The Dark Knight Rises. Um, my aunt, she loves Batman. And she went and took me to it. And I remember we were all like, oh, my God. 
get him, Bale. Or not Bale. Get him, Batman. Because I didn't even know who Christian Bale was. So, yeah. So, Civil War was my first Marvel movie. And I was like, hey, this is pretty good. So, I binge-watched all of them. Because back in the day, you know, before streaming services, most of them were on Netflix. And the ones that weren't on Netflix, you just pirated. Um, anyways, so... <clears throat> I still pirate movies. Yeah, no. Put me to do me what to you jail. want because a pirate is free. You wouldn't. You wouldn't download a car, would you? I would actually. <laughs> Dude, me too. Shout out to my boys. Shout out to my boys putting cars on the internet. Anyways, so yeah. So then I binge watched all of them. And shout out to Netflix back in the day for being amazing and actually having movies. Um, it's crazy how the world has come to. So. I watched most of them. I was like, hey, you know what? This Marvel stuff's pretty cool. And I got kind of into it a little bit. And then I watched all the movies pretty much in theaters. And then when I finally got into my movie buff phase in, like, 2017, 2018, it was – yeah. it That was when Infinity War came out, and it was nice. It, it, was, it was a good movie. Infinity War was the best out of all the Marvel movies. The only thing that Endgame did better than it was just the big fight scene. It just – I literally had to watch that movie, like, three times – just for that fight scene and i each times i had goosebumps i liked infinity war because of how many people in the theater were actually crying Ooh. and then and then the the news reports that i had came home to like a day later where you had a, a woman who went to the hospital because she fainted you had a freaking kid that got kicked out of the theater because he was crying too much you had like everybody was just like so it, it, like the idea that Thanos won s snapping his fingers was like the best thing ever to experience at a premiere live. Do you know I was what that reminds like, me of? My man. Do you know what that reminds me of? <clears throat> so I was I, I still am a big Star Wars nerd, but one of the best the first one of the movie premieres like the, the I went and stayed up. And went to a Thursday night movie premiere um, back in the day when they had Thursday night movie premieres when you would be the first person to see them. They still have them every once in a while. I went and watched the Spider-Man 3, the one with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, all that. Anyways, <clears throat> so Thursday night, 2015. You want to guess what movie I went and saw the premiere of in 2015? Star Wars, The Force uh -huh. Awakens. And it was something. <laughs> That movie made people cry because everybody thought the movies were going to be good. <laughs> exactly. Dude, even to this day, I pretend The Last Jedi and, and The Rise of Skywalker doesn't exist and just watch The Force Awakens because it's like, dude, there was so much to go from from here. Yeah, and actually, they cut out a scene in The Force Awakens, which pisses me off. So everybody wonders how the lightsaber got to the planet i can't remember if it's J uh jankubu uh, jaku no it's not jaku jaku's the other planet um it's anything it's whatever that dust planet is that rays on to start um mm -hmm. everybody wonders how that lightsaber got there and there's actually a cut scene from the movie where it shows the lightsaber actually being on the death star and it actually like um and it blew up and it was traveling in space for the longest time and it finally like came uh, it finally got sucked into the orbit and kind of you know kind of asteroided itself because it had so much force power you know force energy anyways i thought uh, i thought i wish they would have kept that in anyways i remember so essentially to everybody who's never seen the force awakens which if you haven't that's crazy um 
to everybody who hasn't seen The Force Awakens, essentially it's just Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, just reskinned. It's essentially the same plot, same movie, except um, the ending of the movie, instead of having a fight scene, um, it also, it has a lot of parallels, so it does a lot of opposites of what the other movies did. So the final fight scene is the exact opposite of the final fight scene of Episode 3, which was the last Star Wars film we got, where instead of them fighting on a fire planet, they're fighting on the polar opposite. They're fighting on a cold, snowy planet. Um, just stuff like that. It's essentially just a reskin with gender swap and a little difference, differences in characters. And it was a good movie. For just the sole reason that it's a bad movie now, but had it set up something that could have been good, and if it would have set up something that would have been good, it would have been a good movie. But it just goes nowhere, so that just automatically makes it a bad movie. Yeah, that's what sucks. Uh, the only thing is, is it one thing is like Ray having bad cinematography and stuff. You could argue that for that movie. It's the only movie you can argue her having bad cinematography because she doesn't know how to do anything yet. She's not a Jedi. Um, her beating Kylo Ren is crazy, though. Um, I still don't understand how they just let that happen. I personally think they should have kind of done Infinity War style, you know, where, where she kind of like she kind of loses but kind of wins. It's maybe at most a draw, you know, where it's, yeah, yeah, and that could have gave her fuel, you know, to be like I'm gonna be better than this. I'm gonna go reach out to Luke Skywalker. So maybe like Kylo, because Kylo's not a Sith, remember? He's not. So maybe he like he beats her. And she's, like, down on the ground. She's maybe not bleeding, but or maybe cuts off her arm, maybe Luke Skywalker style or something. Or not arm, but, like, hand, you know? And then all of a sudden, he like, Kylo, like, pisses her off, and he's like, I won't kill you, just in, in whatever, you know? And then walks away, you know, like, is almost the bigger person. And Rey just gets so furious and so mad that she's like, I need to I need to stop this guy, you know, because they... So so she goes and finds Luke. That would have been a way better plot than oh I beat Kylo Ren who was trained as a as a Jedi and is actually pretty strong. But I can just beat him because I'm I'm him, I'm her. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually was hoping to see her turn into a Sith and him become a Jedi. They could have they could have salvaged that in the ninth movie. If she would have turned into a Sith, it would have been great. If they actually revealed that the reason why she had a connection to Anakin Skywalker's old lightsaber was simply because she was a Palpatine that ended his bloodline and and that the Force was communicating her destiny to end this misguided Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker, and she literally just flipped that way into being this descendant of Palpatine that is rising to power since she can just magically shoot lightning out of her damn <laughs> fingertips whenever she wants to accidentally. Yeah, yeah. That would have been amazing. You want to know what's even stupider? The rise of Skywalker has her shooting lightning accidentally. And I know she didn't mean to, cause she thought she killed Chewie, but nowhere does she try to do that again. The rest <laughs> of the film. Yeah, I know. I that there's just so many things wrong with that movie. They fly now. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, I I I hate that movie, and I also the one thing I absolutely hate about that movie is her stupid Sith self, uh, the vision she sees with the weird double lightsaber thing that's very by the way redundant because it doesn't make any difference if you have two lightsabers on the same side of the blade. Anyways. No, I hate that. I hate that so much. I need to stop saying anyways. It's too much of a connecting <laughs> word. Also, another thing 
is that movie is so stupid. The only thing I like about that entire movie, though, is that she doesn't just become a Jedi. And she's done with the Jedi, with the ways of the Jedi. She's like, nope, I'm not going to be a Jedi. I like that nomadic Jedi style. Nomadic Force users is a, such a cool concept that we don't get to see in Star Wars, pretty much. The only nomadic Jedi we've ever seen in Star Wars is Ahsoka. And that's what the Ahsoka show talks about. And that's why the Ahsoka show is beautiful. Which, by the way, has a finale, so we're going to cut right back into that when we come back. Woohoo! <clears throat> Welcome back to the BeastCast, episode 25. We left off with talking about Star Wars, of course, because, you know, we just talk about the same shit over and over and over. But we love it, and you love it, so we don't care. Anyways, we were just talking... I was just going to mention to Raven that there's one thing about the entire Ahsoka show. So, for, for everybody who doesn't know, the Ahsoka show, Disney Plus show, actually would be one of the only reasons to get Disney Plus, I think, is for Star Wars. Just because you have... Think about it. This is... As a Star Wars fan... And maybe this is just me talking, but $7.99 a month for all you can eat Star Wars movies and Star Wars content, including the Clone Wars, including Rebels, including the Mandalorian, Obi-Wan show, all that is worth a load. And then also National Geographic. Woo! I love National Geographic. I love just seeing nature. It's nice. <gasps> By the way, did, speaking of so much in so little time, this week, the National Geographic channel announced that they will no longer have a channel. National Geographic what? is no longer having a channel on TV anymore. All 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 TV stations will no longer carry National Geographic. But why? It's something to do with uh like monetary, like something to do with money. Like they there's I think they're bankrupt or something like that. Um, do you think we're going to have another National Geographic like channel to document National Geographic? <laughs> As you could see the National Geographic in the jungle. No, uh, I I think so. National Geographic still exists, but due to budget, they're cutting the TV channel because it was costing so much money to keep their. So uh, here's here's the thing. So for National Geographic, all their shows, everything, everything they've ever done, th the most amount of money they make isn't off their TV. It's actually off of their magazines, and because National Geographic is nonprofit, which means that their magazines with the ads, or or maybe they're not nonprofit anymore, but they used to be nonprofit. Anyways. All their, they make their most money off of their ads in their magazines because that's the biggest ad promoters. Uh, not on TV. I don't know how. But anyways, their TV station is getting cut. All this stuff that ever existed on the TV channel. So like all the shows, all the documentaries, all that stuff will still be available on the, on the National Geographic Disney Plus category or online on nationalgeographic.com. But because it is getting so expensive to have channels and run stuff through TV, <clears throat> which th we're seeing a lot of this, by the way. This is We're almost at the end of the era of television, which is crazy to think that somehow television would be a redundant you know, thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. They're, they're removing the TV channel. So you can still find everything that was on the TV channel and Disney Plus and all that stuff. But the actual National Geographic channel will no longer exist. And it's due to the fact that TV is so making so little money to the out. So essentially they're input to output, you know, in economics. You're putting in a certain amount of money in hopes to make more money on your output. Well, they're actually putting more money in their input than they are getting out of their output because there's so little viewers watching the ads that the ad space is becoming cheaper. And, and so the, the stations have to, you know, get less money in exchange to give that money to the providers, like the TV providers, like DirecTV, Dish, all that stuff, um, Spectrum, for, for, for them to stay afloat. So 
yeah. We're also seeing this with stuff like Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, those kids' channels, they rely heavily on only being able to have basically kids' ads, which doesn't seem that bad until you realize that a lot of ads technically cannot be shown to kids because there's certain laws that protect uh, children in the United States and in most first uh, world countries, including countries like Russia, yeah, believe it or not, there's ads that protect kids from, you know, f- uh, advertising. <clears throat> so Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Disney, th- they can't advertise at certain hours of the day certain content, which means that Cartoon Network actually makes the most amount of money. And same with Nickelodeon. They actually make the most amount of money off their ads at night, during Nick at Night and during Adult Swim. Because they can actually show whatever ads they want during that time period until 6 a.m. And then at 6 a.m., it flips back over to kids-only stuff. And those kids-only ad space is literally dirt cheap. Like, we could go and put a Beast Cast thing on there for maybe a grand. For, for, for like, really? Uh, for, like, a, for, like, a 30-second ad space for, like, a, for like a week. It would be maybe, like, a grand or two to put an ad at, like, 11 a.m., you know? Like, during, like, right after an episode of... Fiona and Cake or whatever the new Adventure Time spinoff is. I don't remember. Which apparently is really good, but I have yet to see it. Which also isn't a kid's show, so it technically wouldn't be on there. Because it's not really a kid's show. It's kind of like a TV-14 show. It's kind of like an... It's like the... Uh, it's kind of like what they wanted to do with regular show, where they wanted to do an adult version. But the thing about... B- before you go like, oh, that's stupid that they do an adult version of regular show. You got to remember who J.G. Quintel was, the creator of that show. He literally made a a cartoon which actually got him the job at Cartoon Network where the characters literally take mushrooms in a gas station and get high as fuck and then they decide oh you know you're turning into a gumball guy oh you're turning into a blue jay oh that's pretty funny you know <laughs> so so that's why they wanted to make an adult version of that show uh but adventure time I didn't know why they wanted to make an adult version of that show that did not need one but, I mean, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just kind of crazy. I mean, TV was such an in, it was such an influential thing in my childhood. It's just crazy to think that that that's YouTube now. YouTube is like the childhood TV for children. Yeah, essentially it is. I mean, people would rather be watching kids would rather watch uh Livy Dunn, Gronk, Ohio, you know, level three Gat, did you pray today, Duke, Dennis, Kai Sinat? Then they would watch, you know, Dog with a Blog on Disney Channel. It's crazy. Man, Dragon Tales. Ooh, what was your favorite kids' show growing up? So you would have been right at the peak of when Cartoon Network was formed in the 1990s. So, like, what, what like, on Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, or Disney, like, what, out of the three, which was your favorite? Uh, what was my favorite? Channel. Um, channel or yeah. just show well we'll go into show too but like out of those three channels like which one were you always kids like tv Ooh, okay okay couldn't miss my sonic the hedgehog kirby and uh when kirby was a show wait are you no talking way. about the um the the one that has a, that sonic cartoon that has an amazing intro song sonic x yes sonic yes. x Hold on. I have the first two episodes on my Game Boy Advance. I actually have the DVD for Sonic X. Dude, yes. Uh, Sonic X, Kirby. Is that a Japanese? No, 4Kids TV was was like a... a it was I mean, like that show. The, no, I don't know if it's Japanese. I just know it was in English when it aired for me. 
Oh, I missed that. There was another one too. There was like a um a Sonic Sonic TV show. That wasn't the gotta go fast one. And then um SpongeBob was a you know Nickelodeon was and then right around 2005 is when my entire life became about nothing more than Avatar the Last Airbender. Oh, dude, you know who made Avatar the Last Airbender like the showrunner for that show? Who? Dave Filoni. Well, he did a great job on that he, one. He show ran that entire show and they thought it was so good that Disney came to him and said, "Want to make a TV show for Star Wars?" and he said, "Yeah." So then he made the Clone Wars. And then the Clone Wars turned into, oh, we actually hate you because we're Disney now. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, no, we actually love you because actually everybody loves the Clone Wars. So here's what we'll do. You'll make a one more season of the Clone Wars that talks about the end of the Clone Wars. And then you, we want you to help make an Obi-Wan show and then also help make the Mandalorian. He goes, all right, bet. So he did that. And then – Wait, wait, wait. He made, he made Obi-Wan? He helped. He 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 wrote Obi Wan, and then it was directed by that woman who did a really good job. That so there's like four main directors of of this of okay. of so there's four main directors of live action Star Wars. There is the guy who plays uh the one guy from Marvel in Iron Man. Uh, what's his name? John Favreau. There's John Favreau, Dave Filoni. There's the Asian lady, and then there's that other lady, um who only directed who only directs Mandalorian episodes. Um, I can't remember her yeah. name, but she she's also really good. The four of them are very good directors. They have very good vision. Um, so look, I I just need to say this, okay? Because you said something that triggered me. Uh, <laughs> the director for Obi Wan sucked balls. You think okay? so? She ruined a good script. Now that I know who it was, she ruined a good script because one, the the little kid that played Leia was trash. Okay, and. There are a few parts of the show where I don't want to watch the full show again. I actually want to skip through it to the parts that matter. Like, I want to see Vader holding down a ship and completely owning that chick, okay? And then I want to see the battle between Obi-Wan and Vader again because that was really impactful. I could tell where that script really shined with the dialogue they had between each other. And I liked the first episode when it focused only on Obi-Wan and how depressed or his life is because the Anakin, the dude he trained, grew up with and thought of as a brother, you know, completely turned against him. That whole Mustafar thing kind of, you know, mentally screwed with him. And I liked seeing that a bit where he feels a bit hopeless now that the, the empire seems to be completely in control and winning. I liked that entire first episode's feeling until Leia came on, and then I, I thought I was watching some Disney theme park ride where bad guys purposely run into trees and bonk their heads trying to catch a little girl. <laughs> See, we can agree to disagree. The only thing I agree with you on any of that is I don't like the Leia casting. I think the casting is good for the girl, but I hate how they wrote her in. I think the yes. cast, she looks like a mini Leia. Like, she looks exactly like if Leia was, like, is she a little too young? I think so, because this is, like, well, no, actually, you know what? Time period, it works. It's five years. So, whatever. Anyways, yeah. She, and lack of a soundtrack. Ooh, yeah. You, they kind of, the only song was there was a remix that they had um, Samuel Kim do 
who he's like a kind of an indie um like he he's an indie uh musician and they had him do a remix of of the final Mustafar uh, Obi-Wan versus Anakin Mustafar battle which I thought was pretty good uh but other than that no yeah I agree the soundtrack the only thing I, mean, I, I will watch it the only thing and I will enjoy it I I just I I we can agree to disagree because I think the casting was was very good i think that from you got to remember the director doesn't just point and shoot the camera too she also does a lot of the other stuff on the side with actually going through the script she could have totally rewrote that entire script but i think that the fact that she stayed so close to that i think is is good enough she did a good enough job as a director she no, also no, 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 I, you're misunderstanding the casting is good the leia chick not so much yeah um i also or at least the lines i also she also directed um, some episodes of The Mandalorian, which I thought were good. She directs the very first episode of The Mandalorian, the one where, not the very first, but is it the very first? It's either the first or second episode. She directs the one where uh, Grogu is found and he holds up the like weird um, like bowl thing that was going to kill Mando. Um, and just oh, seeing, really? yeah, just seeing that power and seeing how that was shot was just so beautiful. And I, I and have, she did a good job. Yeah, she did a good job. She, she knows, I'll say this. She knows what she's doing. She knows how to direct, uh, unlike some Star Wars directors that we had for the movies. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Anyways. So, I mean, it's weird, dude. I feel like that was self-sabotage. Like, he just had... We talked about this already, like, a thousand times. Yeah. But we had a whole episode about this. But he had to have just been, like, throwing for content. Like, somebody over at, like, Star Trek had to have been like, all right, listen, we want to be known as the superior ones going forward. So we want you to absolutely bomb the living bejesus out of this movie. So that way, you know... Th oh, that way, there's just nothing left they can do. And then he goes, say no more. It's like the Wonka, it's like the Willy Wonka thing, you know, like when the the guy he he comes up to Charlie, and he's like, "I want you to get me one of those everlasting gobstoppers," you know. He's like, he's like, "I'll pay you money if you give me the secret." They wanted the inside scoop. They wanted to, they wanted to overthrow. They wanted to take over Disney. And Disney said, "Nope." They said, "We're I don't just like how Joss Whedon screwed up Justice League." Dude, oh man, ugh. The Joss dislike. Joss. Joss. Uh, no, it's kind of funny, though, that Jon Favreau is, like, one of the good directors of all those shows because you would think that he would be like, oh, he's the funny guy that plays, you know, the, the, the fat guy who runs all of Tony Stark's stuff, you know? But yeah, he's actually just, like, a really talented director. <laughs> Uh, he he did something else too. He directed. Yeah, he else. did a movie called Chef, and I really liked it. Ooh. It was about him being basically this dad who's married to a really hot chick. That's irrelevant to the story. I just wanted to point it out. <laughs> uh, he it's about him being this dad who has a family, and he really wants to be a chef, but like restaurants apparently don't want. I forget how the whole plot goes, but it ends up with him basically now owning a a mobile food truck that serves like the best food ever. And he makes a lot of money doing it that way. To me, it was a really good heartwarming story. I love that show on Hulu. I haven't watched it all. I've just seen the, the clips called the bear. It's like about like a Gordon Ramsay style, like chef, you know, where he like freaks out and like, he's like a top gourmet chef. 
It's like 55 cheeseburgers, 65 tacos, 150 french fries. It's like like him just like going down the list. It, I don't know why, but that scene to me is just so freaking hilarious. Um, also, I found the other intro that I wanted, the, the Sonic Underground. Oh, okay. I didn't see that one. underground oh my god i miss that dude that was awesome um but no the yeah. <laughs> where is it i can't find it no okay it's gone it's it doesn't exist 55 cheeseburgers <laughs> have you seen the pay oh that pay it forward sketch is hilarious the one where he's like uh what's it called we're like go through the drive-thru and he's like um actually i'll i'll pay for the people behind me and they go oh yeah okay you know okay sure so so he pays for the people behind him which is like nine dollars or whatever and then, <laughs> and then he immediately freaking like rolls around to the other side of the mcdonald's and orders like 50 cheeseburgers because <laughs> he wait he waited until somebody got in front of him and then goes behind them <laughs> orders like 55 oh cheeseburgers so then the pay it forward so then like the pay it forward the guy fucking looks behind him and he's like what the and he goes you gotta pay it forward man <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh oh man Oh, another thing, too. So, Raven, I wanted your opinion on this. Okay. So, it's on the screen right now. So, Elder Scrolls Six will not be coming out to PlayStation Five. Microsoft documents reveal, despite, and this is what this is what I saw from IGN. Um, despite them saying all this time, well, they were beating around the bush about it, but despite saying no, 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 you know, it's not going to affect anything. You know, Elder Scrolls is still going to be on all platforms and all that stuff. But now they're completely going against their word. Now, Raven, I want to know, what do you think about this? Do you think this is? Uh, just kind of like some pettiness from Microsoft because Sony has like all these um, exclusives like with Call of Duty and stuff like that that they stole from Microsoft or do you think this is just kind of like Microsoft just thinking that this is going to matter like wh what do you what is your general take on this my general take on this is um, it's kind of the first thing you said but a little different it's not from them stealing the Call of Duty exclusivity because that still comes to all the consoles Okay, I think it's mostly because they know that PlayStation has the number one best IPs and exclusives that they're hoping that Elder Scrolls 6 will boost Xbox sales. Because if you look at the, the list of Xbox exclusives, even though they all come to PC, there's not a lot. There's none at all. There's There's hardly any. Like, if you tell me the reasons to go buy an Xbox, even if I have a PC... And you're like, hey, go get this console. Oh, what games are on it? Uh, you can't. Whereas NBA PlayStation 2K. 5. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas PlayStation 5, which I have sitting right over here, because my last console was a PlayStation 2. I never bought. Okay, so my, I have a PlayStation 5. You can thank me. And if you tell me, hey, why did you buy that? Why would you go? I was like, oh, well, let me see. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, Spider-Man 1 and 2. 
uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden Ratchet West, and dude. Clank. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank, Uncharted. I mean, holy shit, the list goes on and on. Even though some of them are coming to PC now because Sony's realizing there's a lot of money to be made in the PC market, mm -hmm. this is still a reason I wanted to go out and buy a console. Whereas for Xbox, everything's on PC day one. If I don't want to wait two years for a Sony game to come to PC, go get the console and play it right away. And that's what I did. And so it's kind of like there's no point for an Xbox because there's no games for an Xbox because their games are still on PlayStation 5. Now, now, see, I almost wonder if you could almost bring up a lawsuit about this. Um, not necessarily because you can't have a game exclusive to a console. That's completely fair. That's how you. That's how market works. But basically, because they completely lied to consumers, they for the ever when they bought Bethesda, they said nothing was going to change. They 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 flat out told all consumers all the Elder Scrolls games will stay on all platforms, um, and will completely you know. Uh, do you know everything nothing's going to change don't worry starfield is going to be on uh, you know playstation 5 you know all this stuff all the upcoming games are going to be you know exactly how it was planned to be <clears throat> i almost wonder if this is like this is just straight up lying to consumers like i don't yes. i don't know if this is like lawsuit worthy but it's definitely trust worth like trust losing worthy like you are losing all trust with your consumers even people who are loyal to Xbox by saying, oh, yeah, no, nothing's going to change. And then being like, wait, we said that? Nah, dude, no, nah, everything's changing. We're, we're not bringing Elder Scrolls to the PS5. And the thing is, too, about it that's also really strange <clears throat> is it is pettiness. I mean, it's just got to be petty. They, uh, like you said, like, oh, yeah. I, I think Microsoft is very upset. Mainly because Sony, mainly because they had this big, and and it's also funny when this when this document um gets leaked too, because if you notice, Microsoft this year at the beginning of the year, everybody was like, "This is the year." Microsoft's got all these big IPs coming out. It's gonna be massive. Oh my god, it's gonna be huge. You know, this is gonna be huge for Microsoft. Yeah, Starfield. You know, all these games are gonna be massive. It's gonna be the best year for Microsoft we've ever seen. And then Sony fans are gonna be like, "Oh well, at least we have Spider-Man." You know, like everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, Spider-Man's the only thing that's left on PlayStation because every other game is great on Xbox." And Xbox is now like over five this year on their on their major releases because whether or not you want to say starfield is a good game i mean just by sales wise starfield is semi a flop just a little bit the starfield oh, yeah. way underperformed what they were expecting it to perform and that was because they realized that todd howard completely just was like oh uh, i think i sent you that meme and if i didn't i'll read you the did. meme off. you sent yeah. me the the meme where it's like um oh the game runs like shit oh it's not your it's not the game running like shit it's your pc you gotta upgrade your pc bro like Mm -hmm. It's also running on an old ass engine. It's running on an old Bethesda engine too. So yeah. They have to take they have to take lessons from Rockstar Games, okay? Because Rockstar Games technically has been using the same engine for like two decades now. <laughs> but with each iteration of the engine for a new game. They invest a boatload of money to bringing it to a new level of technology. Like the Frostbite For engine. a bring. Yeah. And it's kind of like Starfield is, I think, the game that broke 
the camel's back with all the trust for Bethesda. And this put a nail in the coffin. They shouldn't have done this because now if Elder Scrolls Six actually is a flop and we all thought this Starfield that took 20 years to make is absolute garbage, then you're going to need it to be sold on every platform you can get your hands on. Like Skyrim. To, even, but- to be profitable. Yeah, like Skyrim. But the thing is, is here's the thing about Skyrim, too. Skyrim's one of the greatest games of all time. I mean, Skyrim is a great game, and look at how it's performing. And they think Elder Scrolls Six on only two platforms is going to perform as good as uh, Skyrim performed on seven, eight, nine platforms. I mean, hell, okay, think about it. Let's just think about this for a second. Skyrim's on the Nintendo Switch. It's on the PS4. It's on the PS3. It's on the Xbox 360. It's on the Xbox One. It's on the PS5. It's on the Xbox Series X. It's on the PS Vita. It's on... PSVR 1 and 2. There's two different Skyrim versions. Um, what else? There, there's a there's technically a mobile Skyrim version. There's, I mean, there's Elder Scrolls Online to, to cater off of Skyrim, which isn't, I guess you can't put those sales together. But still, I mean, think about it. It's on that many fucking platforms. And then they think on, P, on, on Xbox Series X and on PC only, which by the way, because they also announced in this document, this is the one thing that nobody cared about. It's not coming to Switch. It's not coming to VR. It's not doing, they're not doing any of this other stuff. It's only coming to two platforms. It's coming to Xbox. It's coming to PC, which by the way, I mean, sure. Yeah, whatever, you know, Sea of Thieves, games like that are very successful on only being on two platforms. But you also got to remember that those games have way more implication than than what, what Elder Scrolls 6 is going to have. Sea of Thieves was a Rare game, which Rare hadn't made a game like like how we wanted them to make a game forever. And then there's this game that's constantly being updated. It's constantly getting new stuff. It's a completely online... It's technically just... I mean, what more could you want from a game like Sea of Thieves? It's literally you're a pirate in an online sea, like an a massive ocean of just a bunch of other people that you can just go pillage and stuff that's constantly happening in the world. Elder Scrolls 6, if if I'm going by what I've heard about it, it's essentially just like uh, Elder Scrolls 5, but but newer, better graphics, different story, different realm. I mean, it's not going to have the same implications that a game like Sea of Thieves that's constantly getting new updates, new... Uh, yeah, sure, they can add DLC like they did with Skyrim, but how far is that going to go on two different platforms? I mean, 90% of gamers at this point have a PC. Okay, but do you know what 90% of gamers don't want to do is buy a game from an untrustworthy company. Okay, exactly. And if you're if you're if you're if you have had what? Okay, let's look at let's just look at what Bethesda has dropped in the past. What? Five years. Okay, Fallout 76, Starfield. What else has Bethesda posted since that? I mean, I can't think. I, maybe some. Maybe Bethesda has published some games, but Bethesda Game Studios has published what Fallout seventy six and Starfield. Fallout seventy six was a flop and lost all of its trust. Even if the game is good now, has lost all of its trust with its consumers. Okay. Starfield did the exactly. exact same thing over twenty years. Starfield was supposedly this massive game that was been in the making forever, and it's completely not what anybody wanted. I mean, it maybe is what some people wanted, but it's completely underperforming, and nobody trusts the company anymore. And now you're going to release a document like this and, and say, "No, nah, you know this game's going to be great." You know, no, it's like it's the same thing with Activision. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two and Modern Warfare Three saw their lowest sales, and it wasn't necessarily that Modern Warfare Two looked like a bad game because Modern Warfare 2 actually looked like a very decent game for what it's worth. I mean, yeah, it's just a reskin, but every Call of Duty game is a reskin. We know this by now, okay? So it's even losing its platform, like, people that would buy those reskins, like people like me. 
And so then Activision and Microsoft, which by the way, Microsoft owns Activision now, they looked at this and they go, uh, you know, like, like what the heck, what's going on? You know, like, why aren't people buying our games? Oh, wait, it's because nobody trusts Activision because there was all these sexual assault allegations and half the company's gone now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, you know, we're sorry, I guess, you know, <laughs> hoping to get more sales, but it's not going to help. Uh, it's the same thing. I think Microsoft is, Microsoft is trying to salvage things that are not working anymore. And that's, I, it, that sucks because here's the other problem I have with Elder Scrolls Six. Um, Todd Howard was so hyped up about Starfield that if you go back and you look at when they announced Elder Scrolls Six with that really crappy quick cinematic that you have on the screen there, if you go back to that E3 reveal, okay, and you continue forward, you will see how he is absolutely annoyed with everybody wanting an Elder Scrolls game and nobody giving a crap about Starfield the entire time he's been talking about it. And I'm afraid the only reason why they announced Elder Scrolls 6 is because they wanted to appease us. But now that Starfield has failed, I feel like they're not even going to give a crap about making Elder Scrolls 6 a good game. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's like the same thing. Okay, so so the same similar thing happened, and believe it or not, this is really sad. The same thing kind of happened with Activision in the early 2010s, um, and that was with Call of Duty. Activision was was pushing, I want to say it was 2011, was pushing Call of Duty really heavily. And um, when Modern Warfare 3, when, when uh, Infinity War came out, uh, uh, or, or not Infinity War. Infinity Ward, okay, not infi not Infinity War. Uh, Infinity Ward. They are the creators of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay, so they made MW One, Modern Warfare Two, Modern Warfare Three, and the new Modern Warfare One, Modern Warfare Two, Modern Warfare Three. They made Call of Duty Ghosts, Infinite Warfare, all those games. Okay, so they were coming off of their most successful game ever, Modern Warfare Two. And Modern Warfare 3 was going to be coming out and it was going to end the story. Sure, everybody's like, oh, it's a reskin, but, you know, we're going to like it because we just want the story. Well, what ended up happening is half of uh, Infinity Ward left. And uh, they they left and, and they were like, they went and created um, Respawn Entertainment, which ended up making Titanfall, by the way, um, and Apex and all those really good games like uh, Jedi Fallen Order, all those games. Anyways, when that happened, all the controversy about the game was there's no devs for this game anymore. Literally 90% of the people are gone. And Activision, they just they kept trying to push that the game was perfectly going to be fine. There was going to be all these things, you know. And at that point, Activision was so upset with the people that they just kind of just threw Modern Warfare 3 out there. They said, okay, here's another developer. Their name's Sledgehammer Games. Ever heard of them? Nope, we haven't either. But they're going to finish this game in three months, and then they're going to drop it. You ready? Okay, boom. Because they just didn't care anymore. Because they were so tired of people talking about how is this game going to get made? You know, I'm not going to buy this game because the devs are all gone. It must be a piece of crap. They were just so upset, they just stopped caring. They stopped caring about trying to, you know get a get a good developer to finish the game and and publish it and then they just started focusing on their other stuff which would have been call of duty black ops 2 like hey but treyarch's making this game which thank god black ops 2 was as good as it was because if they would have had black ops 2 be a flop i don't think call of duty would have made it past call of duty ghosts because think about it you have if black ops 2 flops you have three shitty games in a row and nobody's gonna buy your games anymore 
Call of Duty mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 3. I love Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, but that's just because of when I grew up. Horrible. It flopped. It did good in sales, but that was just because of the the rebound essentially afterwards because of Black Ops 2. Black Ops 2 does great, saves the company essentially, um, makes over like $30 billion. Everybody loves it. They even started making, you know, that was when they started to not implement loot crates, but started implementing, you know, downloadable content, like the the cheap, like $2.99 skins and stuff like that. It was like the birth of that. So they made a shit ton of, shit ton of money off of microtransactions. And then Call of Duty Ghost comes out and flops. And then Advanced Warfare comes out and flops. And then Black Ops 3 comes out. It's super good. Again, successful. Thank God for Treyarch because they made another good, successful game. Even though it was just like the other ones, it didn't flop. It made good money. It had loot crates. It had loot boxes. It made a shit ton of microtransactions. Okay? It made all this money. And then, you know, continue down the path of, you know, games flopping, 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 you know. But they were, there was at one point, they were in that same boat as, as you know, Todd Howard and his sinking ship of Bethesda Games is at right now where... They have all this controversy coming out about them, and they have no good games because they're, you know, the three-strike policy. One strike, okay, you're fine because you can rebound. Two strikes, now you got to panic because now you only have one more strike and you're out. Mm -hmm. And, And they're at two strikes right now. Starfield, strike two. Strike one was Fallout 76. If Elder Scrolls 3 is strike 3, or Elder Scrolls 3, Jesus. No, Elder Scrolls 3 is good, I promise. Um, Elder Scrolls 6, if Elder Scrolls 6 is strike 3, you're done. Bethesda is going to have, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be, a, it, it's tough to get out of a hole like that. can only think of one company that got out of a hole like that. And it wasn't easy. That was Nintendo. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo got out of that hole, but they should not have gotten out of that hole. They got so lucky. They got so fucking lucky that the Nintendo Switch was as, as successful as it was because that company was dead in the water. You could buy their you could they were almost a penny stock before 27 before before 2017. In 2016, their stock was at the lowest it ever was and I think it was at like a dollar a stock. So they got lucky. But, okay, when we come back, we're going to discuss our taking it for the team category. Woo! All right. We'll be back. Bye-bye. And we're back with our final section of the Beast Cast. Our final, final, final little segment today is a segment we're calling, drumroll, we're calling taking it for the team. And I don't know, maybe I'll put a little, like, little, like, noise or something. Uh, But anyways, so. Taking it for the team. Um, Taking it for the team. This is this is a segment we're going to be trying out. We're going to see how popular it is, how successful it is, how much we like doing it, mainly more than anything, because fuck you guys. Anyways, here's how the segment works. So, Raven and I both will watch a movie or two, and then we will essentially have a lot of things to discuss about it and whether or not you should watch it, whether or not it should have been made, what it's going to be rated, everything about it. Pretty much everything you need to know about this movie. The movie can be old, it can be new, it can be in the movie theater, it could be an at-home movie that's straight to digital or straight to TV. It can be anything. Um, except for a TV show. <laughs> uh, so, before we get to that, one last thing of our weird random talks, our yappings. Um, Raven. <clears throat> I want your opinion on one more thing, and this okay. will we'll, we'll make this shorter. We'll make it like two minutes. Batman two, okay, 
has a official release date. And also, the villain is now revealed for the movie. The villain is now Hush, is the main villain of the movie. That was revealed to us. Now, I want your opinion on do you think it's a good thing that they're making a villain that hasn't been seen on the big screen before as the main villain for this movie? Or do you think it's a bad idea and they should continue with going down the path of villains we've already seen before? Going off of how Batman 1 worked. Um, no, I think because of how this, uh, the first movie went with uh, the first The Batman movie had went, I think that because of the nice extensive world that was built in this previous one, that as much as I want to see the Penguin return, I think Hush, a character that has never been adapted to the big screen, could actually draw people back in amazingly well i think they should go for it make it good yeah i agree i think this is something that will be really interesting and matt reeves he's a great director he focuses matt reeves he's he's a very big cinematographer he focuses on getting lighting sound and visual everything it has to be exactly how it needs to be it's like stanley kubrick kind of was um and that's kind of how he is so like the batman is just the Batman, maybe story-wise, you know, doesn't always come up to, you know, uh, like the 10 out of 10 level, but the the visuals push it that extra mile. And I think if we get that, plus we get a great adaptation of a character we've never seen, yeah, it's going to it's gonna blow the waters out. I mean, everybody's going to get hyped off of this. Because here's the thing, movies, movies like the Batman, they only grow. It's like American Psycho. It only grows after it's released to digital and video, okay? It only grows. It gets a bigger audience. And more people get to see it because it's cheaper to go see. And now you can see it for essentially free. So people are going to see that movie and be like, oh, I'm hyped. The, the Batman made like what? $700 billion, $792 billion at the box office. I would not, or billion, holy shit, Jesus, a million, sorry. God, greatest movie of all time. No, um, $792 million at the box office. I wouldn't be surprised if the Batman 2, with how this is going, if it's a good movie, will make over a billion easily. It might be DC's best project by 2025 because i don't know how much dc is going to have left in the tank by 2025 yeah this 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 has to hit it out of the park because if, if you want the dcu to continue going you need that you need those movies like joker in 2024 to make a billion dollars and you need the batman to make a billion dollars too because if those two movies flop you're relying on a bunch of flop movies to make you money <laughs> And then DC is going to be a bigger joke than it already is because at this point DC is going down a path that I am not so sure about and I don't really like, but it could possibly still end up working out. Anyways, so movies. All right, Raven, I, I will let you start with your movie. So tell everybody the movie that you watched and you took for the team. I took for the team uh, The Nun 2. Oh, okay. The Nun 2 that I, uh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start out with this beautiful hot take because I don't think anybody's really seen this other movie as well. Okay. The Nun 2 is so worthless and should never have been made that it makes the Pope's exorcist with Russell Crowe look like the next coming of the exorcist Oscar worthy. I forgot movie. that movie even existed. <laughs> and and the Pope's Exorcist has a better chance of actually creating a cinematic universe than whatever the hell they're trying to do with this nun shit. Okay, so for me, 
I loved The Conjuring 2. Okay, I felt like James Wan actually brought something brand new to horror movies in terms of his cinematography and how he brought it about that made the movie worth watching. Whoever looked at the bad guy, which would be the nun in The Conjuring 2, spoilers, and decided, hey, everybody loved this nun. Let's bring back Elizabeth Warren. I think that's her name. But like in the form of a young nun way back then and make some movies about her uh, fighting this evil nun her entire life. Whoever came up with that idea is stupid because they only did it for the first nun movie. And then the second nun movie, they got rid of it. Now, for some reason, the main character's name is Irene, unless I got that wrong from the first nun movie. Uh, uh, why do we need to keep seeing this this nun demon and and why does it matter like it's not even just a, a okay the first nun movie sucked okay like okay you could probably make a good second nun movie this this nun movie it was i don't even there wasn't even a point to this one it, crappy <laughs> pointless jump scares nothing interesting happening other than you could literally replace the nun with a literal alien or a monster running around this church and it would have been the exact same movie like <laughs> like it's it's stupid there's nothing unique or special about this nun 2 movie the entire hour and 40 minutes because i don't count the nine minutes of credits just the hour and 40 minutes of watching this movie i was bored i wanted to actually turn it off and finish it like this movie was so boring that i had to take out monopoly go to get me excited <laughs> no not the addiction raven not the addiction like it's true like i i had to like there was i had to keep i had to keep myself awake like i just i couldn't this movie is horrible the the main actress that they do choose to be the 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 main nun irene she is a great actor. She is an actress. She is a phenomenal actress. It's like they had such great people who do good acting in this movie because I've seen them in other movies. But it's like they they it's I they threw their talent out the window by making them be in this movie. Like, I honestly feel like this movie will hinder their careers. Oh, geez. Now. OK. OK. So for everybody. For everybody. So the nun is part of the Conjuring universe, right? Like, she's in the yes. Conjuring. Is she in the first Conjuring movie or is she in the second Conjuring movie? I think she's in the second Conjuring movie. I rem I've yeah, seen I've se Yeah, I've seen it somewhere. So it, it's the same nun. Now, what time period does this take place? Because I know the Conjuring 2 takes place in the 70s. Does this take place after or before or, like, when? This, this, uh, this, this movie takes place um, uh, 1956. Okay, so... I've seen the first Nun movie, and let me tell you something about the first Nun movie, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. I have i don't remember a single thing about it. I only remember one thing about it, and it made me laugh the entire time. The only thing I think I remember from the Nun movie is there's, like, this burying a live scene or something, like, in a coffin. That's seriously the only thing I can remember. I've seen the movie. I know I've seen the movie. I don't remember a single freaking thing about it. That's I'm, I'm assuming that's how this movie is too, right? It's just very forgettable. It, it's very forgettable. Now, I actually looked it up. In the first Nun movie, the main actress is named Irene. 
but I understood it. Um, I understood it that that when I went into it uh, back in 2018, that this was supposed to be kind of like where Elizabeth Warren had started out, or maybe they just meant the demon that haunted her her entire life had started out. Maybe that's what they meant. But I didn't get that vibe the first time I watched it. They, It's like they were trying to say this was like how she started out in the convent before leaving it to fight off spirits in homes. And that's where she had met her husband who believed her that she could see things. I don't know. Maybe I screwed that whole thing up. But that it, still, the movie was... Didn't none none of the nobody cares about the nun. Nobody cares how it entered Elizabeth Warren's life. Nobody cares at all where it came from. Leave the conjuring to as is and stop trying to add to this world. We don't need freaking Annabelle's. We don't need like stop it. You can't. The Pope's Exorcist, funny enough, actually has a unique and original um story that can be made into a cinematic universe as funny as it sounds that movie could redeem itself this these two movies can't i i don't care and also i mean like people barely cared about annabelle i mean and she was like the biggest person from any of those movies i mean let alone the nun i mean i don't i just it's such a cash grab okay so the question I want to ask you is, if you would have saw this in a movie theater, would it have made any difference? Would you have been like, oh, the vibe is just nice with the nice loud sound? And would you have maybe got jump scared a little more in a dark, dark setting or like what? Like, would that have made any difference at all to your viewing? No, I if I had to watch it, if I actually paid money, if I actually paid money to see this in a theater, I would have got up halfway through and walked out. And I never do that to films. I would have got up and walked out. I'm still, I'm still so ashamed of myself. I, I walked out of Blade Runner 2049, and I, you know, I was a, I was naive. Okay, I'm young. I was young. I've only walked out of one movie, and that was the one movie. I probably would have walked out of a movie, movie like that too. I, I remember seeing The Nun, but I, nah, no, I'm not even gonna try to watch this movie at all. And I mean, the the sad thing about those like horror movies like that is it's like so, it, what's the word? It's so unenjoyable to watch almost, you know, because it's like, you know, what's going to happen. You know, like the plot, you, you know, like everything pretty much like it's like horror movies like Saw are different because it's they always throw you a curveball and stuff is always happening that's different and you always just you don't want to watch it for the horror you want to watch it to, for you know grotesqueness too but in a movie like that like you don't get any of that you don't get, the stories are always so bland and to the point you know that's why i that's why i like the conjuring too though is because when it reaches the climax of that film uh, past, you know, what seems like cliche hauntings, but I think the hauntings were done cinematically very beautiful. James Wan, to me, did an amazing job, but when it gets to the climax, where uh, Lorraine Warren, not Elizabeth Warren, I'm really sorry, I screwed that up, Lorraine Warren had um, f- started figuring out who this, the, the, the nun demon, she couldn't expel the nun demon's name, uh, she couldn't expel the nun demon without knowing the demon's name. And then you get to see that the name of this demon 
has actually been right in front of our faces in every scene of the movie. We just never noticed it. It's been written all over the walls, picture frames, fridge magnets, the encyclopedias on the shelf. It was literally right there the whole time. And when you know that, you kind of kind of want to rewatch it again to figure out if you actually missed it. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I just I just realized that you were calling her Elizabeth Warren the whole fucking time. Yeah, like the, no, shut up, okay? <laughs> like the, like the fucking you the senator from Oh my god, where is she from? I, I I screwed up the Warrens, okay? I'm sorry. I didn't mean the stupid senator. I meant Lorraine Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren, okay? Oh. It literally when I was explaining the conjuring too. The scene played in my head where the dude, where her husband screams out Lorraine, and I was just like, oh, it's Lorraine, not Elizabeth. My bad. I screwed up. That, oh, that's geez. a big screw up. I'm really, really, really sorry. No, not that hoe. I meant the one in the movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways, so how would you rate this movie on a scale? From... Well, obviously, it screwed up my brain. Um, I, I, I would, it's a four out of ten. Oof. It is below average. Not even good, beautiful cinematography in it or the good cast that it did have uh, saved this movie because none of them were put to good use. Um, below average all across the board, just one dot under under average. It's it's a four out of ten. Don't go see this movie. Save yourself the trouble. <laughs> go see Saw. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you got a movie in the movie theater right now to go see that's a horror movie – for Halloween, go see Saw. If you want something that's bloody, gory, go see a movie like Saw or like hell, like any movie that's not The Nun, you know? <laughs> so, you took one for the team. Tell us about it. So, <clears throat> I took one for the team here. And I watched The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Now, I don't know if you've read Dracula, and I don't know how many people in here have read Dracula. I'm hoping if some people from the school are listening to this, they might be in my class, and we just read Dracula, which, by the way, is a fantastic novel. Um, a little rushed at the ending because he kind of wanted to make a sequel, and he never did. Um, but it's like classic horror. Like, it is just classic horror. Um, Bram Stoker, he has a very... The nice thing about Bram Stoker, too, is Bram Stoker, as, as a writer... He doesn't use a lot of big words for even for his time. So he kind of is a very good inspiration for people that if you want to become a writer, you don't have to be a very sophisticated and knowledgeable person because he makes a lot of mistakes in that. And that's still one of the most iconic novels of all time. Anyways, <clears throat> The Voyage of the Demeter, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, not the movie, the actual there, – there's a chapter um, – in in the in the book that's about so essentially the demeter is the vo the ship that transported dracula from transylvania to uh london and they had no idea he was on board until it was too late so the the last voyage of the demeter takes a very different the movie takes a very different turn than the book it's very closely based off of the accounts of the book with the exception of making it more suitable for audiences um as in like having more of a plot than just like oh day one this happened oh day two this happened oh day 76 this happened you know actually it didn't take that long jesus christ it only took two and a half weeks the voyage is only two and a half weeks so for people who don't know 
it's a very redundant trip, but it makes the most sense. So back in the day, you got to remember back in the 1890s when this was written um, and when the movie takes place is, no, going across the land was not a good idea. Sure, in the long run, it, like if you counted it all out and you just started walking, okay, if you just started walking compared to taking a boat, yeah, you would get to England before you would get if you took a boat. Uh, from the bottom of Romania um, through the, I think the Baltic Sea and then go around through the, um, uh, gosh, through Mozambique. No, no, not Mozambique, sorry. Uh, Whatever that stupid canal is, there's a canal there that connects, um, it's essentially going right by Africa, going around all of those funny European countries and then going around into the Atlantic and then going into England. So that's the route that the the Demeter takes because... Dracula is transporting a bunch of stuff. He's transporting a bunch of holy earth, uh, like earth, like earth uh, soil, because Dracula has to bathe in uh, holy soil um, to keep himself alive. It's a pretty weird and th- crazy concept, considering that he's like the embodiment of all evil. But that's just how it works. So <clears throat> he has to carry like all this cargo with him. He has to do all these things, um, and. So they take the ship because in the long run, it'd be faster than trying to carry a whole, you know, brigade of people to carry all this stuff across land. And also he could then stow away at the bottom of the ship and not have to worry about being caught. However, it takes a turn because he starts, he realizes that over two weeks, you know, Dracula can't just cross the ocean because of um, the, there, there's uh, biblical reasons for why he can't because this is a very Christian, uh, like, ang- it's not, ang- it's Anglo-Saxon and it's a very Christ- uh, Christian, like, uh, what's the word, Christianic? Yeah, sure, Christianic novel. Um, so it takes a lot of Christianity and a lot of concepts from that <clears throat> in that novel. So Dracula can't cross oceans by himself, so he has to take other forms of, like, voyage, like on a ship or, uh, you know, on in a box, you know, stuff like that. So he takes, he, he stows away at the bottom and he realizes, oh crap, it's two and a half weeks. You know, I got to feed. I need to feed on people's blood. So he decides that he's going to go feed on the people of the ship. And so he basically essentially terrorizes them. And the, it's, that's why it's called the last voyage of the Demeter because it will never voyage again because all these people that, that ran the ship are dead. They get sucked alive. Um, however, the story follows a, ma- a side character as a main character in this in, in this movie. Um, the side character is the doctor on board the ship. He's a last minute character. Uh, he's a last minute addition to the ship. They even talk about, I think, in the novel how he kind of just wanted to get back to England because he he studied at Cambridge. Um, and he's actually a black doctor. Which, by the way, it never says he's black in the novel. However, there are a lot of implications in the novel to presume that he is of color because. Because they talk about him in a way that is very um, de- demeaning compared to if they were talking to a white person of of having such knowledge uh, of a person who graduated from Cambridge. Um, <clears throat> so he um, uh, is black in the movie because um, they take that kind of side plot and they kind of roll with it, you know. And so he is essentially the last person alive on the movie in the movie. Like he's the last person alive on the entire ship. Um, the captain dies all the crew dies and it if you want my opinion this movie is actually very good now with that being said however keep in mind i got i gotta remind you it's very good as a movie as being if you want to understand the story of the demeter okay compared to dracula <laughs> well you ain't gonna get that the 
the story itself is a great movie because it, it just kind of follows like you know a, it, it's kind of a cool concept you know you're trapped on a boat with this thing because in this movie dracula is in this like weird you know gross state like he's not like human-esque he's he's more like of this like weird devil spawn thing uh with wings kind of and he essentially it's like kind of scary it's like real horror i mean could you imagine being trapped on a on a boat with this thing that's just killing off your crew one by one and there's like nothing you can do no matter how hard you try to find them i think that's just an amazing concept and in that movie plays on that the movie plays on that a lot um the acting is okay. It could be a lot better. They could have gotten a lot better casting, but also you got to remember that this movie had a very low budget. So um, it for what they had to work with, I would say they did a pretty good job. Now, with that being said, um, I do think they could have been a little more accurate to the story and actually follow the captain a little bit more. The captain is almost a side character in this movie, and while he does have some character development throughout the movie, um, he doesn't have as much as he does throughout the novel in the whatever 10 pages that he's on <laughs> in the novel. Um, he has more character development in 10 pages than he does in two hours of a film. Sorry, I was scratching my back. Um, so... <clears throat> This movie, is it worth watching, is the question. Now, if you're into kind of bloodier, kind of scarier stuff, I think absolutely. Um, if you're trying to get a deeper understanding of Dracula, I think if you go into the movie knowing that it's not accurate, I think you'll have a blast. If you're trying to get that deeper understanding, though, and you don't really know anything about Dracula, you're not going to learn anything more about Dracula. Um, the only thing you're going to learn about Dracula is that, of course, he sucks blood, which you probably already knew that. Um also, the way Dracula... No way. The, the thing about Dracula in this movie is he's the only pet peeve I have about this movie because I don't like how he's done. Because even in Dracula's most heinous forms in the novel, he's still very... Um, what's the word? He's still very much... Um, oh, what God, what's the word? He's still very humanized. Um, he talks. He doesn't really... He snarls, he hisses and stuff like that in the novel. But he always never not is not communicating. He always has something to say or he always says something like, Oh, I own you. I own all of you. And I will start by going back to Transylvania and I will come back to England with my army. Just as I did when I was Vlad the Impala. You know, stuff like that. But in this movie... You only hear you only hear three lines of dialogue from Dracula in the entire film. They're not even lines; they're sentences, maybe at most, because <clears throat> he goes the the there's like a final fight because you know the climax happens, and then there's the final fight between the Doctor and the uh, Dracula, and he finally gets Dracula. Dracula has him essentially like by the throat, and he's like um, about to he like cuts open his throat and he's about to take a bite and the guy is like squirming he goes i'm not afraid of you and dracula is like weird like nasty demonic form with his big teeth and all that he doesn't even look like a human like you wouldn't even tell like it was dracula he goes you will like that like and he kind of just says <laughs> he just kind of says nothing throughout the film and he has like this really like weird um demeanor to him here's the thing that i think is 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 um at play here and this is something we kind of see with movies that are coming out um nowadays is the started out as maybe a different movie and kind of took this inspiration from dracula just like with um what's his nuts is um 
God, uh, his his Star Wars movie that's now a Netflix movie. God, why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? Oh my God! Oh my God! Raven, help me, please. Save save me my dignity. No. Oh, man. Um, uh, Zack Snyder. There you go. Yes. So essentially what Zack Snyder's doing, but in reverse. So instead of making his own movie and then turning it into a Star Wars movie, um, he's or that's essentially what this was. It, it was taking their own movie and then turning it into a movie based off Dracula. Because you could remove the Dracula implications and still have this blood-sucking vampire creature. And if it wasn't Dracula, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. And that's the one thing that's kind of interesting to me is why they would do that. But I also think it is kind of cool to have that implication because then you can kind of be like, oh, I, I read Dracula. This is kind of cool. It also leads up for a final cool scene at the end of the film, which I think is the best film or the best part of the film is there's a scene where the guy, the doctor actually escapes the ship um, and the ship crashes into England, but the guy escapes and everybody thinks he's dead. Well, it turns out the doctor is actually still alive, you know, and of course we know if you've read Dracula, you know, he's, he makes it to England, <laughs> obviously. Um, and so we see him in a bar and he goes, I'm going to hunt this creature down. And the guy's talking to him. He goes, you're hunting down a creature, huh? He goes, and they're laughing at him because they think he's just some delusional sailor guy. And then all of a sudden, there, there's like, uh, throughout the movie, to communicate with each other on the boat, because, you know, it's a boat, you could do this taps. So you could go like, like that. And it would, like, it would echo throughout the entire, like, uh, sorry, it would echo throughout the entire, like, ship because it would transfer through the wood. Like, the, the vibration would transfer through the wood. Well, they were using that to communicate a lot throughout the film. So all of a sudden, in the background, he starts hearing like this almost like heartbeat where he hears like a like that. And and he's like he's kind of looking around and all of a sudden he looks over at a like a corner because he's in this really big crowded like like pub. And all of a sudden he sees this guy with a cane and a top hat and he's all fancy dressed up and his back's turned to him and he's taking his cane and he's going like that. And then you kind of see him kind of look over at him. And he's kind of more human-esque than he was on the boat. And the the doctor, like, freaks out. And then all of a sudden, like, he's looking at him. And all of a sudden, like, in, in the like, snap of the fingers. And he's gone in front of him. Like, he disappears. And then Dracula, like, like, rubs his finger across the back of his neck as he, like, passes him. And then he, like, tries to follow him out into, like, the alleyway. And you see Dracula just standing in this dark alleyway. And then you just hear, and then the movie ends. And I thought that was just such a cool like way to do that because throughout the film you're like used to hearing this noise and then you know it's Dracula. And we know he dies, by the way. We know the doctor dies. Like Dracula's leaving no victims of the Demeter whatsoever. Because we know he dies because Dracula gets killed in Roma or in Transylvania at the end of Dracula. So we know he lives to tell the tale um to kill the doctor. So um I just think that was really, really cool touch. And I think it's the only saving grace about the movie because if they wouldn't have impl if they wouldn't have had that in the movie, I don't think there should have been any reason to make this a Dracula based movie. It could have just been some weird vampire sucking creature and then you know just like kill him off at the end of the movie. But it ends up working out. So um, you can watch this movie. 
um, it's on um, <clears throat> a lot of places where you can watch it for free, pirate. Um, and also, it's, I think, on Peacock, and it's on Prime Video for you to rent if you want to rent it. You can rent it on P uh, on Prime Video um, for like $1.99 or whatever, however you do movies on that. Um, and I doubt it's in theaters still, but it was in theaters earlier this year. It's a good movie. Um, definitely probably a 6 out of 10. Uh, Ooh, okay, that's good. Yeah, I think... I think as a movie, it's just a little above average um, just because of the way they, they, they tie the plot into something else, which is something that a lot of things struggle to do properly. And I think it ends up doing it correctly in a lot of aspects. Um, I also really like – the one thing I like about this movie is just the concept of it, like the taking something like a small piece of a book – that like you don't get to know much about and trying to flesh it out and make like more of a story so you can make the world feel more connected. I think that's a cool idea and I think that should be done more. Like I would love to see that. Like that's like kind of like what Star Wars does a lot is it takes what George Lucas wrote and it takes pieces of his writing and expands it, you know, like um, Obi-Wan, you know, characters like that. You know? And I, I just – Ahsoka too, which isn't really George, but still is pretty cool. I think – I just – I think it's it's great. I think – I love that concept, and that's what's at play here. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you have the opportunity to sit down for like two hours, watch this movie. It's kind of a fun watch. Um, you'll like it. It's I guess I'll have to go give it a try. Yeah. Uh, cinematography of the movie's all right. It's nothing special, but it's definitely it's good. It's got its moments. So, yeah, that was my movie that I watched. Um, I thought – yeah, I, I thought it, I was going into the movie being like, oh, this is going to blow. And then I was like, wow, you know, this actually blew me away. Instead of blowing, it blew me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, would you say that that end scene that you said was really good? Do you think that that enhanced it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. If the if that end scene's not in the movie, I mean, it's definitely a four or five out of ten because you could just essentially paste this together and call it a different movie if you just get rid of the dracula implication it could just be like the last voyage of like the the ss stupid or something you know uh <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the last voyage of the demeter i mean but because it has that last like minute and a half scene I think it ends up fleshing out it fleshes it out just perfectly. It just it comes full circle and you and you realize what he what the director was trying to do. And it, it's a cool concept. Um I like the idea. Well, that's good. Yeah, I know. At least you're taking one for the team turned out good. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, dude, if we continue doing this, yours is eventually going to be good, man. You got to I mean, I don't know. Maybe next week just watch a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay no 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 i'll find we'll just keep finding the most heinous and horrible movies and watching them i wonder what movie i'm gonna watch next week because i i don't i'm kind of i'm kind of at a loss of a movie i want to watch i might watch 65 i might take one for the team and watch that adam driver movie 65 that just came out that like released only on streaming services because it was so bad it didn't even get a box office opportunity I'll take one for the team and watch the Meg too. Ooh, okay, yeah, sixty-five. What are, What are people thinking about it? It has a three point star in Google. Um, 54... Oh, you mean sixty-five? I watched that. Okay, but I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> okay, it didn't do good in the box office, but I guess it made more money than the budget. Now, have you watched Moonfall? 
Yes, I have. I love that movie. That's a good movie. I'm gonna be honest. I I think it gets shit on more than it needs uh, to. It's just a more, stupid little. I, I film. love it. I know it's just a stupid I, little film. I think people lost their idea for creativity. Okay, because I loved the idea of the moon and what it was happening because yes! at first it seems really wacky and stupid but then when they go to the moon and you discover the big secret because i don't want to spoil it when you discover the big secret about the moon then the whole movie actually makes sense and people's critique about it is stupid yes literally yes i dude you man it's such a not it's such a late 90s early 2000s movie i just love it like it reminds me so much of like armageddon or like mission to mars you know like the movies i'm looking at a bunch of movies right now that are are similar to this you know like these early like event horizon apollo 13 apollo 18 <laughs> life oh my god dude yeah there's so many there's so many fun movies oh my god prometheus is on here oof Hey man, Prometheus was a good movie. Wait, Prometheus actually killed it at the box office. What the fuck? Yeah, it did because everybody thought it was uh, it was gonna be like, oh, Alien is returning, and they didn't like what direction they went in with the storytelling. <sighs> Aliens, <clears throat> dude, I've never watched the second Aliens movie. You have to. No, no, I do. Sigourney Weaver, dude. She was in a movie I watched a few few about a year ago I want to say. Um where is it at? Oh, she was in Holes too. That's just too damn bad. I'm tired, grandpa. <laughs> I remember that movie, bro. Thanks for bringing back the nostalgia of hearing that line. What the balls Avatar 5 2031? So wait, Avatar. Wait, so they have Avatar three, Avatar four, and Avatar 5's re years of release date already set up for James Cameron. Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> what? They they're took. They're just pumping it out. Now. I know they're just pumping it out, dude. Just, just we waited. What? What? Uh, freaking ten. Twelve years. Ten. Twelve years, almost two thousand nine to twenty twenty two. Or twenty twenty three. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, so, jeez, like 12 years, damn. And then all of a sudden, just boop, 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 just pumping them out, man. Jeez. I guess, why not? Yeah, all right. All right, well, with that note, um, I guess we'll end on that James Cameron is an absolute nut. <clears throat> and with that note, well, anything else you want to say? Uh, No, no. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, we love you guys so, so much. Thank you guys for listening. Um, there's, uh, We've just been having – we've been seeing a lot of success since we've brought the podcast back, and we've kind of – it's due in part because we kind of made it more professional than it was before. And we just like to say that we're so glad that the fruits of our labor has paid off. And so, yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting us once again. Um, with that being said, I think it's time to say goodbye. So – um, good after, good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever, whenever you're listening to this podcast, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Woo! Bye. bye.